It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? A lot of people think this is the year of the Chargers. Vegas handicappers, NFL insiders. Fortunately, I've been down this road before. Another reminder that the Chargers didn't make the playoffs last year. NFL Network, another reminder that the Chargers did not make the playoffs last year. They lost in Las Vegas. Get me some anti-Charger stuff in here now. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. They have the choke gene. They choke. The Chargers with the C, they choke. I should have nine lines packed every segment destroying the Chargers. Use the phone like a weapon. I want an all-out assault from the Raider Nation on the opposition. Just win, baby. And now, here's JT the Brick. Argentina and Poland advance to the round of 16. Mexican fans are crying. Crying there because of their result, even though they won 2-1. to one. United States of America plays on Saturday, and that's the biggest event in the world. More important and bigger than any football game. Now, I know Raider fans think the Raider game's more important. The biggest sporting event in the world is World Cup. We're following it here on Raider Nation Radio. Vinny Bonsignor, kind enough to join us. Vegas Nation, Raider Nation Radio, his great coverage at the Las Vegas Review-Journal. All right, Vinny, here we go again. Chargers week after a game that, as I look back on the film from the first game, Raiders had the ball and a chance to come from behind and win that game. Yeah, no question about it. And it was a, uh, a far different Raiders team at that point. Um, you know, you start thinking about the first game of the season, you know, just coming out of training camp in a new system and a new offense and a new defense for that matter. Um, and where they were then compared to where they are now, um, it's probably, you know, light years away from that. But it's still going to basically come down on Sunday to what it came down to uh, the previous Sunday, and that's the Raiders making plays when it counts. Which is what they've done these last two weeks, um, last week included against the Seattle uh, Seahawks, uh, to win it in walk-off fashion in, in overtime. It's what they wanted doing uh, the previous six times they were in that situation, including the game against the Chargers. So while things have changed, I think the Raiders are in a better place in a lot of different areas. Uh, they still have to do what they did on Sunday and previous Sunday before that. If it's a close game, which you almost expect it to be, make the plays that need to be made when they are made when when they need to be made. Well, Vinny, we've talked on the air and as friends about Herbert. He's special, and there are a lot of special quarterbacks in this league. There's like nine or ten that are considered elite or on that verge. We've been debating Carr, how he gets into that elite status. you got to win playoff games. But Justin Herbert hasn't won many big games, but his arm strength and his talent leads people to believe that he will win many in years to come. The only problem is no one's ever healthy on this team. Mike, you know, when you look at Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I've been in this rivalry as a broadcaster the entire time with their careers. I never know if they're going to play. And I was listening to you this morning on the morning tailgate talking to an L.A. Times insider. It still seems like Williams will be a decision if he even shows up at practice because he's been gone for a while. Yeah, and when you start talking about, you know, great quarterbacks and, you know, they're going to win multiple championships, Jeff Dan Marino, how that goes sometimes. That's Fran Tarkington. There's, there's been great quarterbacks um, that weren't able to get it done uh, because they weren't in the right situation or, you know, things happen. It's hard to win Super Bowls. That's, that's the biggest point of all. Um, so, and you look at the Chargers, and you're, you're absolutely right. It just seems like every year uh, there's some sort of calamity, calamity and, and um, you know, between, you know, some bonehead decisions by the coach, missed field goals, you know, breakdowns uh, during games, and then injuries. That's always been, it seems, uh, a reoccurring theme for 
for the Chargers. You know, they're they're just not who you always think that they're going to be to start a season. The roster always looks good. Let's be honest about that. Tom Telesco does a great job of putting together uh, really good rosters. You're seeing that right now this year because they've had some injuries too, uh, and they still hung in there and won you know more games than they've lost, and that's a testament to their depth and what Tom's done on his end of things. Uh, but you can only go so far into that depth chart, and you're going to start feeling it. And this year, just like many other years, the, the, the Chargers have had issues staying healthy, um, and that's not a good recipe in the NFL. Vinny Bonsignor, our insider, he's everywhere on this channel. He covers the team as good as any reporter on any team in the NFL, kind enough to join us every week. We'll get to his partners coming up here in a minute. Josh Jacobs is having a legendary season, one for the ages with this organization, and there's been some great backs. The Chargers are giving up 150 yards average a game rushing. What gives here, assuming that the Chargers are going to put Derwin James in the box, depending on the health and the status of Josh Jacobs, can the Raiders maybe sit out the fullback and add a wide receiver and go 3-4 wide in this game? How do you see it, Vinny? Um, I think it's a lot of it's going to be just in terms of what you just said. You know what they do with that extra, with that with that safety, uh, and if they do start dropping Derwin James down to the line of scrimmage to uh, to contend with Josh Jacobs, um, then bet the over on Devonte Adams getting a lot of looks uh, in that regard. So you know what we always talked about last off during the offseason about the Raiders was it's going to be a pick your poison uh, proposition, and you know oftentimes when we had that conversation. We almost neglected the Josh Jacobs aspect of it. We, we, our, it was always, do you defend, you know, Devontae Adams or you defend Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro? Who do you take away in the passing game? Because that's going to open up something else. Yeah, so, you know, somebody else in, in uh, you know, as far as a wide receiver or tight end. And it, it never kind of dawned on us how much Devontae Adams is also going to help a guy by the name of Josh Jacobs. Uh, and, and we see that and we see him having a special season. Um, as a result of that, you know, and also the uh, improved offensive line, the philosophy, what they're trying to do, Josh Jacobs just being in outstanding shape and a tireless player and worker. Um, but it still goes back to what we were talking about. You're going to have to pick your poison uh, against the Raiders right now offensively. And it's only going to get better when you get Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro back. Talk to Josh McDaniels about that. There's a, there's a hope that that's going to happen this year. Uh, we're already talking about a top 10 offense in the NFL. And that's without. Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro for the balance of the season. You know, I think it's been, you know, what, 7% of the snaps, and that's going down since the last time I checked, that the that the full complement of offensive players have been on the field together. It's probably around 5% by now. Um, and they're still scoring at a, at a decent clip. It's only going to improve when you get your full complement back. But hats off and all credit to Josh Jacobs for what he's been able to do. And I think that he's in line for a big game if the Chargers make the type of decisions that they normally make as they put together their defense. Wrapping it up with Vinny Bonsignor. So, Vinny, very interesting to me. You and I go on a lot of radio shows as guests to ask to talk about the Raiders, and I think both of us have been trying to sell the plan on other radio stations to Josh McDaniels. We know the plan. We've talked to the coach and the GM about it. I think people are starting to kind of understand it, even Raider fans, even though the record – isn't acceptable now. What's it been like for you writing about this, talking about it locally, but also nationally when you go on as a guest and people want to know what's happening with the Raiders long term? Yeah, and I think that um, you know we're just reporting what, what what we know to be true, and and um, you know from ownership on down, um, you know what what the plan is and and what the uh, you know the patience that it's going to require uh, to, to for that to come to fulfillment doesn't guarantee anything. 
But I think that's the biggest surprise for a lot of people, especially nationally, is that there's actually patience going on here and prudence. And they weren't going to be, you know, sucked into being a victim of, oh, my gosh, it didn't start off good. Let's blow it up and start all over again. Because you know what? That's what the Raiders do, and that's what impatient people do. And that's always going to get you in trouble. It's going to, every time you do that, you're setting yourself back further and further and further. And that's not what the Raiders want to be about. And I know that that could be frustrating to fans who just want to, you know, play Madden and fire the coach and trade for the player and bring that guy in and bring this guy in. Well, yeah, that doesn't work that way at this level. And so I think we understood there was definitely patience. There was a backing from ownership for what Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are trying to do. Uh, and they were going to get the necessary time to do it. I don't think other people necessarily saw it that way. So they were reacting, um, you know, uh, based on maybe how things have been done in the past or how it's gone down in the past. And that's not who the Raiders are right now. And so I would say put the seatbelt in, settle in, uh, and let this thing unfold. It's not going to take forever. That's obviously not what anybody's thinking. Uh, but it's going to take a little bit longer. And for what they want to do, which is be special, winning, championships, contending for Super Bowls, um, that takes a little bit of time, and it takes some roster construction and changing cultures and uh, doing all those, the groundwork that, that needs to be done, but they believe that they're going to get there, and that's the key point. So, Vinny, next week we have a short week. I normally don't look ahead, but I'll be with you in Los Angeles with the team, and it looks like the Rams are shutting a lot of guys down. I mean, I'm going to be interested to see what happens to Darnold, what happens to the quarterback in Stafford, Cooper Cup. On short IR, I don't think they need to bring him back. He's too valuable for the future of the franchise. Let's look ahead and what you're thinking about with the Rams. If the Raiders can win this game against the Chargers, and I know you think they can, the short week to go see the Rams, they get a big break when it comes to the Rams' injury report ahead of time. Yeah, no question about it. And Aaron Donald dealing with a high ankle sprain. Um, the offensive line has been in shambles. Um, you know, they were always behind the eight ball. In that regard, losing uh, Andrew Whitworth, um, Austin Colbert moved on to the uh, Carolina Panthers as a free agent. So that was always going to be a challenge on the offensive line. Then they had a bunch of injuries on top of that. So they're in bad shape. Um, and their, their quarterback's banged up. There's a lot of injuries. And there's a lot of already, I think, you know, getting rid of some dead weight and starting to look ahead to next year um, and try to get this thing back together, which works perfectly uh, for the Raiders. Because when you think about it, if they can beat the Chargers, on Sunday, uh, and then beat a very vulnerable, beatable Rams team, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at 6-7, and seven, which is kind of where they were uh, last year around this point in time, um, and, and right in the, really in the, in the thick of things trying to sneak into the playoffs. And so guess what? That also coincides potentially with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro coming back. Um, you know, Nate Hobbs is a young quarterback. We'll have probably a couple games under his belt by then too. So maybe things can work, you know, out for the Raiders to the point where they're at least in position to play for something down the stretch. They have to win these next two games for that to happen. Vinny, tell us about your proud partners. I know it's a home game. you got a lot going on. Tell us about it. Yeah, we're going to be over back at the uh, Rockstar Bar and Grill on Saturday. Can't wait to see uh, everybody. It seems like forever that we were uh, all there together. But Saturday night before a big Chargers game. And don't mistake, this is a big game. You know, the Raiders, there's some things that are still out there for them. I know it seems nuts right now looking at the schedule, but you keep putting wins together, and all of a sudden you play yourself into a position. So uh, it's going to be an important game on Sunday. Can't wait to see everyone out there starting at 5 o'clock uh, to talk about the Raiders, where they are. Josh Jacobs, does, uh, does he get a new contract? Uh, and what is in store for the rest of the season over at Rockstar Bar and Grill? Thank you, Vinny. Always appreciate you. Thank you.
All right, JT, have a good one. There he is, Vinny Bonsignor. Appreciate that. Go see him at the Rockstar. Have a great time there. It's a great place. There's a lot of uh, people always ask me, what do you do when you're in town here during a home game? I got a lot of my friends who come from out of town that have season tickets, and we do stuff with our wives and friends. There's a lot of parties here in town. I go to Resorts World a lot, dog houses. So many places are partners and places to go when the Raiders are at home. And as Vinny said, it's kind of a bizarre schedule as they've been on the road for quite some time now, and now they come home. It's a big weekend for Allegiant Stadium. It's a monster having USC play Utah on Friday. Then they'll turn it around for the Sunday game. Those stadium workers working hard to turn the field around after that game. And then we have a game on Sunday. It's a lot of work. Allegiant Stadium's incredible. Absolutely incredible what's going on. East-West Shrine game, Las Vegas Bowl, all the other events that are coming online here. Just great to see. All right, I'm kind of open the rest of the way. We might have one more guest, so I want to hear from you. Jump on in the rest of the show. I need your key, key moment for this game coming up. Is it to get Herbert on the ground? Is it the Raiders doing what they want to do in the air? Or do you believe it should be a Josh Jacobs game considering his status? And we'll we'll find out more about the status in practice this week. Remember, they had a victory Monday again, back-to-back weeks. No practice Monday. Players in getting treatment. Short players in working out and getting treatment. Tuesday, the day off. And then Wednesday, they come back here for practice, and Josh McDaniels is going to speak to the media. I'm excited to hear what he has to say. I'm excited to interview him tomorrow. When I interview him, we go, we go back to the game, the past game, and then we preview the opponent. And I'm honestly telling you, I've never sat down with a coach, and I've sat down with all the Raider coaches in my career. He is able to pinpoint exactly who's on the other team, what position they play, the impact it can have on the game. And he's, he's very good at that. He, he knows the defense because he's an offensive play caller, but he understands what's happening in this game. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation, seeing Coach again after two wins in a row, uh, being in the building where I'll host a show tomorrow, and we could have a special guest joining me live in the building. So stay tuned for that. I'll let you know tomorrow via Twitter at JD the Brick. Now, to see Mexico, Mexico needed to score. They needed a three-goal differential in this game, and they couldn't get it against the Saudis. And this is for the first time in the last seven World Cups that they have an advance to the knockout round. So they just showed, and Fox is really good at this. I think Fox are the kings at showing fans who are breaking down under distress. Fox had the cameras on the crowd, and the Mexico fans, the Mexican fans, were crying. They showed a little boy who had on a bandana, tears flowing down his face as Mexico was eliminated. Now, this global soccer stuff is really special here. The pressure, as I wrote about it, is incredible because your whole country is on the line. The whole country, not your city. The Raiders lose, Raider Nation's upset, people in Vegas. Imagine the entire country being upset that a team lost. And that's what they feel like in Mexico today. They showed a live shot from Argentina, and it looked like there were 200,000 people out somewhere Somewhere there, just going crazy. Australia at 3.30 in the morning, Australia time. They had a packed house as fans were going crazy there. And we should treat it that way here on Saturday as the United States will play again against the Netherlands team, which has not been great in this tournament. It's been more wide open, and I'm not saying anybody could win. There's some big boys still left, Brazil, Argentina, France, depending on what happens to Germany here. But the United States is in that group. They are involved in the final 16 here. I think we should celebrate that as a country. All right, when we come back, more of your phone calls, 702-365-9200. What will it take for the Raiders to win? I put it out first. 
got to be a big card game. Last couple of weeks, it's been all about Josh Jacobs and Derek doing his job and doing it well. But this is going to have to be a Derek in an old-fashioned Western shootout at the OK Corral. Two cowboy hats, Justin Herbert and Derek Carr, going back and forth like last year. That's what I expect. And Derek's going to have to have a really big game to win this one. Smith in the shotgun on a third and ten. Two receivers out to the right, two left. Guess the shotgun snap. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. And the Raiders take a timeout with 48 seconds to go. And Smith smothered back at the 29-yard line. You know, one of the topics I wanted to get into, JT, back with you, brought, by, brought to you by the 872 Laborers, led by Tommy White. They built the stadium. They are a proud partner of our show. They invest in our show, and we can't thank Tommy and his team enough here. Tommy should be joining me tomorrow. Got a big show lined up also tomorrow. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5, their sports department head there, fantastic. He's, he's great. He's always at. I get these guys who are able to go to the press conferences because a lot of them happen while I'm on the radio. And they have all the information, like Q, they ask the questions. I just retweeted and Q tweeted that Jonathan Abram, who was released yesterday by the Packers, has just uh, ended up in Seattle. So that is the update for Jonathan Abram, who I really wish well. Uh, People yesterday were like, wow, the Packers released him that quickly? Seahawks awarded Raiders safety and first-round pick Jonathan Abram off of waivers from Packers per league source. I hope that Jonathan Abram gets better and better as a player and ends up being a really good player somewhere. He's had moments with the Raiders where he's played at a high level. He's got to get better in pass coverage or he's not going to make it in the NFL. I don't care if he was picked in the first round or not. He is a very good run-stopping safety, but he doesn't have the ball skills of Derwin James or some of the elite safeties in this league. He's no Ed Reed. So to stay in the league, he can tackle. We know he can tackle hard. But the issue becomes, can he cover the pass and cover the tight end? And that was a problem for Jonathan Abram. And quite frankly, it's a problem for the Raiders now. I don't know many people. Fortunately, the Chargers aren't coming in with Antonio Gates. Can you imagine what Antonio Gates would do against this Raiders defense? I don't even want to think about it. It'd be a nightmare. So the Raiders have to do a better job with their linebackers in pass coverage. And how many years do we say that? Well, now I'm confident that Dave Ziegler knows exactly the type of player he needs this offseason. It could be a high-priced free agent linebacker. It could be a free agent that gets, you know, just jumps through the cracks and maybe the Raiders see something and develop them. Or it could be a draft pick, a high draft pick, because I don't think you can get a really good linebacker in this league unless he's a high draft pick. I mean, look at Micah Parsons and what he's doing now. You've got to be able to get a linebacker who is so proven. I don't care if he played at Georgia. LSU, Michigan, whatever, but he's got to be a proven guy with this tape on him guarding a tight end. This team is going to face Kelsey for a number of years. This team is going to face a really good Denver tight end over the next couple of years. And whoa, we got to play that sound from Nathaniel Hackett that we got today. Denver, I I think if Denver loses this game, they're going to fire Hackett when he gets off the plane coming back from this. This team was flexed out of a Sunday night game. They were flexed out of a game, which the new owners can't like. 
That's primetime television they were flexed out of. Here's the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Nobody's as frustrated as I am. You know, this is not where we wanted to be at this, this time in the season. None of us thought it was going to be like that, and that responsibility is fully on me. I want to be the one that uh, can do everything to help this football team because we as a group have to come together and find a way to win a football game. And uh, we can't play the way that we played last week, uh, the, yesterday and expect to win a football game. So it starts with me from the preparation, practice preparation, every single thing that we do. I'm the most frustrated. I think our fans are great. I mean, they want to win just like we all do. So, I, I mean, I don't blame them for being frustrated. And uh, for me, all I know is to work put my head down with our staff. I believe in this staff, believe in these players. And uh, we got to get better plays, better execution across the board. A great job by Bobby getting that sound. It's very important. That's in the division. And they're 100% going to get a new head coach. 100% there's going to be a new head coach in Denver. It's just a question of when. So whoever they get is going to be very important to the Raiders. As the Raiders fired Vic Fangio. And the Raiders sweeping him again is going to be another reason he's not here. Denver goes nuts when the Raiders sweep him and coaches lose their job. And this coach, unfortunately, deserves to lose his job. He's been unprepared. He doesn't understand the clock. He needs assistance. And when you get to this level, you can't have that. Speaking of that topic, listen to Jeff Saturday, who came into Vegas and won a game, which really is the biggest, probably the biggest gut punch loss of the year was the Arizona comeback and Jeff Saturday getting a win. But Jeff Saturday changed his tune after what happened with Matt Ryan in their last game where they didn't manage to clock down the stretch. And initially in the post-game press conference right after the game, Jeff Saturday didn't think it was a big deal. He must have had a phone conversation with the owner, Jim Ursay overnight, and he changed his tune yesterday. Obviously, just still disappointed about last night, execution and turn the ball over, things that we, we got to do better in both areas really to win. But looking back, obviously, there's always things everybody wants to do and plays they want back. I, I wish I had that third down back. In all honesty, wish I'd have used a timeout. Just looking at it on film, looked at it last night again, looked at it this morning again and and uh from a time perspective i felt i felt good but the uh you could tell we were in disarray i just didn't have a great feel looking back it's a learning experience that one's the one that, that's going to stick with me that's a good soundbite man that's a guy who's accountable that's a guy who's been in the media jeff saturday on get up and first take with Stephen a he went right to the microphones and said this is on me and he did it eloquently and he, he said the right thing you got coach in Denver. You got a coach in Indianapolis. You got coaches around this league that can't handle the clock. They can handle practice. They can call plays. They can rah rah fire up the team and say, go get a snack or go have a victory Monday. But then game starts. They don't know where the hell the clock is and where the timeouts are. How could you be a head coach in college or the NFL at the highest level and not understand you have three timeouts with 40 seconds to go and you're not using them? So that's Jeff Saturday, who probably shouldn't be back as the head coach in Indy. He's just basically there to tell the owner which player should be there. So Josh McDaniels, I knew this before he came here, and we've seen it now. He's an excellent play caller, and he knows the clock, and he understands preparation and all that. If the players execute, that would be nice, and the Raiders have lately. But early in the year, I didn't blame the coach. There were a couple of decisions I didn't like, like running it or passing it on short yardage or – you know, what was happening at the end of a game. We all agree to that. But in general, Josh McDaniels is rooted in the discipline of being a head coach who understands down and distance and understands how much time there is on the clock. So that's something to keep in mind here as we continue going. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this game. I really love the Charger game. I had great memories in San Diego, great memories in Oakland. 
And so far, these games have been really entertaining in Las Vegas. Raider Fred is out in Dallas. Raider Fed, if I got that right, go ahead. Hey, JT. Yeah, this is Raider Fed. <clears throat> man, I've been a long-time listener, uh, long-time fan uh, back to the Oakland days. And, man, I've been to a few of those Charger games down at the Coliseum. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, keys to the game, JT, you're right about Derek Carr. Uh, he's got to have a monster game. But more importantly, I think he's got to he's got to be mistake free uh, because uh, Chargers, man, they're good, you know. And, and on defense, particularly, they're good. And I think the offensive line needs to keep keep rolling, uh, and they need to keep uh, blocking, you know, particularly mm-hmm. in the past uh, past uh, 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 blocking because uh, I think that's the area mm-hmm. where uh, we continue to struggle here and there. Uh, the, the running game's going pretty good, but. Pass needs to be blocking, man. So if Carter has a big game, it's going to depend on the offensive line for sure. Uh, and then on defense, man, I think we just need to keep doing, you know, what we're doing. Max needs to keep going off, and I think we we need to apply the pressure on Herbert, man, because he's dangerous. We all know that. And uh, mm-hmm. as long as we apply the pressure on him, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, I think so. You know, the pressure is going to be really important here. And that's going to be really important going forward that they're able to do a better job and getting some help from Max Crosby. Again, as I was driving around running some errands this morning, I was listening to the morning tailgate. And that was one of the topics that they had with Eddie Borselli, who's a colleague of mine at Sirius XM. It comes down to the fact that Chandler Jones doesn't have much, doesn't have much at all. He hits a wall on every play and he's not helping Max Crosby on the other end. The Raider pass rush against Herbert is huge. Now, the positive news, depending on this injury report, was the pressure up the middle against Geno Smith. Billings played well. Bilal Nickel, what they're trying to do up the middle, Tillery, who should be fired up to play his former team. The interior pass rush is going to be very important. Austin Eckler runs for about 50 yards. but He's really good at the goal line. So Austin Eckler can have a game where he has 45 yards rushing, two touchdowns. One on the ground and one in the air. He's, uh, he's been very interesting to me in this matchup. But the Raiders have to get to Justin Herbert. It's a lot like Brady. Remember when Brady was in his prime, and still now he's older, but when he was in his prime, everybody worried about Brady, not off the edge, but they wanted Brady's pass rush to be up the middle so Brady couldn't step into his passes. That's the same thing that I've seen with Justin Herbert. And it's a good time for me to remind everybody, and I say this out of all due respect, The greatest pass I've ever seen in my life, in my life, and I've seen Montana play, Elway, Marino, go back, Jim Kelly, friend of the show, and Warren Moon, who I adore. The greatest pass I've ever seen thrown in my life was Justin Herbert at Allegiant Stadium on 4th and 23. My seats are right at the 30. By the time he faded back from the 23, he was right in front of me, my eyesight at the 30, and he threw a touchdown into the back of the end zone. And I say to this day, I've never seen a ball thrown that way in my life, live. TV, live, and it was Justin Herbert. He's got the best arm strength I've seen. He's that good. But he loses a lot of games because the team isn't healthy. The kickers tend to screw up. The coach is just a joke handling fourth down. And they got guys who don't make plays all the time. You know, the Chargers rarely play a perfect game. This is a Charger team if they were at full strength, healthy at full strength, could win games and blow teams out 45-7. to seven. They have that much talent everywhere. But as Vinny said earlier, their offensive line is hurt. You know, the safeties usually doesn't play. They always got problems. Fortunately for the Raiders, that's a good thing. 
All right, let's get out to Robert in Portland. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate it. JT, I, uh, you'll have fun watching that Pac-12 championship. Hey, uh, I, I really believe that you know, the game on the 9th of January you know, this year, they only gave up under 100 yards rushing. I'm talking about the Raider defense. Mm. And they did give up almost 400 yards to Herbert. But the key to the game was the Raiders were balanced. Uh, Carr only threw for 180 some yards that game. Everybody thinks he probably threw for a lot more, but Jacobs ran for 100, almost 140 yards. If if they can just do what this line is good at, like I told you before the Denver game, they they need to just run the ball, keep that offensive line getting first downs. You know that are you know by not not third and long all the time. I think that's their Achilles uh, heel. And if they can, they can run the ball. And I know Jacobs may maybe not playing, but that's the key to this game. I know you want to see a, you know, an air raid drill like the old days, mm-hmm. but I don't think with Mac and now a healthy uh, Boza they can do that because they they got sacked three times last year in that January game, the big game, mm-hmm. and uh, Crosby had two sacks, a key one late in, you know, in overtime. So I just think. But this game is the key is the running game for the Raiders, and also, like you just said, the middle of the defensive line. If Billings is hurt, uh, we just got to hope Tillery uh, plays hard against his old team. Yeah, I think he will play hard, but again, he's not a great player. That's why he was let go. You know, he's not an elite player that everybody else around the league wanted. He's going to serve uh, and going to help out the Raiders here for obvious reasons because they need him. They definitely need someone. Well, when we look at what's happening with this team and the injuries, Deshaun Reed, 13 hours ago when he was tweeting, he said, Raiders placed fellow cornerback Anthony Averin on IR for the second time, which ends the season when they assigned Tyler Hall to the active roster. Deshaun Reed, as he was treating, correction, the NFL updated the IR rules going into this so players can be designated to return twice. Teams can do that eight times in one season, and the Raiders have done so three times. Divine Diablo, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro join Everett as players who could be brought back. I'm fascinated by this topic, everybody. This isn't gossip. This isn't stirring the pot. This is nothing. I am fascinated by the availability of Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro coming back to this team. That's it. That's, that's all I need to say. I don't need to go any farther. I met Darren, one of the first guys to ever interview Darren. I think the world of him. The guy goes into tunnels and helps homeless people get out of addiction. I don't care what happens to him as a football player. He's a great player. He's more important as a human being to me than a football player. Hunter Renfro had one of the greatest seasons in Raider history. These players have not been available. They've been injured. Now they're coming off of injuries that I expect them to be back and ready to go, and the Raiders need them. If they're going to be long-term pieces with this team under Dave Ziegler, they have to get out of the training room when ready and do available to play and come in and be available to play. Because the other guys have been available and they're playing through injury. And they're playing at a very high level and the season's on the brink. The season's been on the brink for a month around here. And look at the play of these guys. Look at the play of Max Crosby. You don't hear a peep out of him. All the guy does is show up. He's in the locker room dancing around winning games. Derek Carr never had playing for a team that's at full strength on defense. Right? So 
whoever is available to return from injured reserve or close to playing or doing what Josh Jacobs did last night, play through the injury and give it a go and be able to play. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders, they were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played. The 11 angry men, the great Jim Otto on the offensive line. Look at Jim Otto when you see him now. I don't want to get too emotional, but Jim Otto in a wheelchair with a leg that's amputated. You think that guy put his heart and soul on the line for this organization? That's why Mrs. Davis and Mark Davis have him at every home game when available with his wife. Because Jim Otto represents the history of this franchise playing through pain and injury and a will to win. I think most of the guys on this team have a will to win. And I think that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are evaluating this roster for the players that they want going forward. You don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to be a star. You don't have to have a television commercial. Just do your job. That's the one thing we know that's come from Belichick, who will go down as the greatest ever, the greatest of all time. And if you don't agree with that, I don't care. Bill Belichick will go down in the Hall of Fame as the greatest coach of all time. Defense and head coach. And these guys came from his tree. And I know the other guys all haven't worked out from the tree, but they know how to evaluate, and they know who winners are. Now let's see if they can turn the Raiders into winners. When we come back, great news, fantastic news. Okay, I'll get up, Mr. Black, but great news on the Clip Ranch ring. Another great Mark Davis moment. Let me get to Mr. Black, who joins us. We appreciate that in Hawaii. Go ahead, sir. Hey, JT. Yeah, boy, uh, double zero, Mr. Otto. Uh, Mr. Raider, oh, my goodness. Such great uh, performances from him, and I just wanted to change the subject real quick. I know you're you're, you're in a rush. Mm-hmm. I just uh, you've been with the team for 24, 25 years. Mm-hmm. I just want to commend you on your professionalism, man. Your pride and poise, and your commitment to excellence to the Raider organization. You're just a great guy. You're uh, you. I love listening to you on the radio, and appreciate and, you. Thank uh, you. All right, brother. All right, Mr. Black, checking in in Hawaii. Maybe I'll crash with him in Hawaii when I go. Raise your hand and beep your horn if you want to go to Hawaii, man. Oh, that's got to be a place on my calendar when I'm done with both my sons without a state tuition. Another trip to Maui with my boys. When we come back, good news for the Branch family, who I think the world of, very good news for the Branch family, tweeted out by the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Love that. Matter of fact, I'll, uh, I just retweeted it, so check that out at JT the Brick. A little bit of the Josh McDaniels press conference from earlier, maybe about four or five minutes of that before I sit down with the head coach tomorrow. And we're brought to you by our good friends Grimaldi's. Best pizza I've ever had. Obviously, I think about the future all the time. You know, we're not eliminated. We get a chance to run, run the last five and, and uh, see where we stand after that. So that's the focus for me. Uh, you know, I might miss practice uh, Wednesday. or not be a full contributor, but that's kind of been standard for the last, I don't know, six, seven weeks. Go to my, uh, one of my favorite places to play down in Chicago and hopefully, uh, you know, get a big win, get into the bye week, get healthy, and see where we can get to. That's Aaron Rodgers. He's something on the Pat McAfee Show. JT, back with you. Turn it up.
wife and I are going to Luke Bryan tonight at Resorts World. My wife's seen the show before. She likes it so much. She wants to go again. So we're going to go. We're excited to go to Resorts World where they have an amazing theater there. Great entertainment. It's right next to Doghouse Saloon where I host Monday Night Football. Head on out to Resorts World. Afterwards, a cigar at 8 Cigar Lounge. Fantastic place to go for entertainment. All right, Josh McDaniels just met the media right around the beginning of our show here. Going to hear a few minutes of it before Q comes on. Q's there along with the insiders. Here's the head coach earlier today. Um, okay, so um, obviously onto the Chargers and uh, just watching them. I think it's been really impressive to see how they've um, handled, you know, their issues relative to the injuries that they've gone through. And, um, you know, I think Tom and Brandon have done a great job of putting that team together. And the depth of their roster has really been, you know, um, challenged. And they've used a lot of people. And they've gone in there and played good football. So um, it's kind of a – I don't say it's a completely different team, but there's definitely some changes from the first time we played them three months ago to now. And um, so a lot of our focus is going to be on – um, you know, just getting familiar with the people that we're going to be lined up against, which is a little different than the first game. So um, explosive team, all three phases, excellent in the kicking game. Uh, you know, as good a punter as we're going to see, um, you know, have used three kickers and don't miss any kicks. Um, Carter's a dangerous returner. Uh, offensively, obviously, you know, you, you know, where do you want to start? Um, Herbert, excellent, um, continues to do it. Uh, at a high level, and I'm talking about basically everything in terms of quarterback play. Eckler, 80 catches, uh, you know, leads league and yards after catch, hard to tackle, um, you know, touchdown maker, obviously scored a lot of, scores a lot of points every year he's in the league. Uh, and I know they're getting some of their receiving weapons back too. So um, big challenge for us on defense. And, and then, you know, defensively, Mac uh, gave us fits in the first game. Uh, Derwin James, uh, you know, all over the field, as good a safety as we see, uh, no, de- no doubt about it. Really good blitzer, good in coverage, uh, finds the ball, gets it off of people, got it off Arizona the other day. Um, you know, and they've, they've played a, a lot of bodies on defense, which, like I said, is a, is a tribute to Brandon and what he's been able to do, you know, with the depth on the roster. So uh, a lot of good football players, uh, big, big challenge in all three phases. Josh, when you're uh, putting your weekly uh, practice schedule and all that together, um, especially this time of year, what's the, kind of the calculus on when to actually practice, have a walkthrough like you're doing today? Um, and has that changed over the years when you're when you're starting to think more about the shoulders than the physical part of it? Yeah, I think you just gotta um, you know know where your team's at and and what they need. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know the healthier you are. Um, you know, the more you need contact, uh, then you start, you know, um, you know, using the padded days a little bit more. Um, you know, I think just for our team, uh, you know, we had an earlier buy, you know, so uh, whenever you have an earlier buy, uh, you, you just got to make sure you kind of look at the whole season in totality and try to figure out where you might be able to catch up on a little bit of, um, you know, rest slash recovery. You know, so uh, this was kind of a stretch that we kind of had earmarked, like, you know, we're going into a, you know, we know the Thursday game's coming up, you know, next week, and 
Um, so just trying to keep our team as fresh as we can. Um, you know, we've gone through some different things where we've had some different bodies in there. So uh, the longer days with the walkthroughs have helped us get just mental reps and communication nailed down. And uh, we certainly don't use them every week, but um, it's been helpful, helpful for us, I'd say, the last couple weeks here. Are players involved in that at all? Or, I mean, do you lean on them a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely am I'm aware of how they feel and where they're at. Um, you know, I just I try to take in as much information as you can from the staff and the players and, um, you know, hopefully make the right decision for the team, you know, every week. Josh, in the process of rebuilding a culture and rebuilding a franchise, how important is it to teach guys that each week they compete against themselves? It has nothing to do with the opponent. Because in the past, this franchise has a tendency to play up to teams and down to teams. Yeah. Um, you know, we're always seeking our own best performance, you know, and – um, we talked a lot about, you know, this morning we watched the Seattle stuff and, and tried to, you know, get, get that cleared up. And um, we learned a lot from it. And the reason we're doing that is because we're seeking progress, you know. And so I think when you're, when you're consistently trying to do that, I think that you keep the focus on, you know, your play and how well you're doing and, and what you can do better. And, you know, hopefully that's where it stays, you know, because obviously – uh, we're going to reach our best results when every player is playing at the best level that he can. And so um, we'll continue to try to do that every week um, and not necessarily worry about, you know, look, they're all good. And in my mind, you know, every opponent we play is different. Every opponent we play uh, presents significant challenges in different ways. Um, and this one happens to be a division opponent. So um, we're definitely focused on what we can do better and, uh, and obviously trying to get familiar with the team we're playing this week. So obviously, uh, traits with quarterbacks who have fourth quarter drives or game winning drives, and the obvious traits. What, what are some intangibles that we would not see that you would know with guys like that who are good at things like that? You're talking about just quarterbacks in general. I mean, obviously, being around good people helps. Yeah. Are there intangibles with guys like that? Yeah. I mean, I think you know. I mean, you have to be able to. Um, you know, it, it takes mental toughness. Um, it takes, uh, I'd say, supreme focus on, you know, where you're at in the game and, and what you need to do. Um, understanding how the game is being played because some games, um, you know, some games quarterbacks can hold the ball longer. Sometimes they might need to get out of their hands a little quicker depending on how the rush has been. Um, knowing your own personnel, you know, knowing how the defense is playing you, uh, where you might be able to attack and, and who, who to go to with the football. Um, you know, I just – I think there's a there's a poise um, and an understanding of of where uh, you're at in time and space, you know, that allows those people to really slow their heartbeat down and and perform their best at the very end under the most pressure, you know, and um, you know block out crowd noise, block out all the other stuff that's going on, and just focus on trying to make one good play after another. And the guys that do it the best seem to be able to do that week after week, you know. So, um, you know. Herbert's obviously in that category. Um, we, we've seen him do it a number of times. They've trailed in a lot of games this year, and he's brought them back. And nobody's done that more in the last few years than he has. Josh, Josh that too. All right, so that's a portion of Josh McDaniels from earlier today. Uh, interesting when he talked about the Chargers' depth. The Chargers' depth is saving this team. They've had injuries, a lot of injuries. Same could be said of the Raiders. And the depth that the Raiders have without Renfro and Waller, and some of the injuries on defense, Perryman being out, Divine Diablo, uh, some of the corners that have been banged up and injured here. Depth is really important with great football teams. That's why I think the strength of the Eagles as a 10-1 and team is they're so good on the offense and defensive line 
They added Indomitian Sioux for depth, and they just look like a great team. Uh, earlier today, we lost one of the great ladies of rock and roll, the great Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac. You know, we talk a lot of music on this show. We love music. We put some thought into our bumper music, and when we do talk about music, God, Christine McVie was great. One of the great lady legends of rock and roll. May she rest in peace. When you lose those rock legends at this age, you know, it brings you back to the songs in your life, the songs you remember the most. So rest in peace. Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac. Fortunately, I was able to see Fleetwood Mac in the early uh, 2000s, mid-2000s. One of the shows that I still have a stub for. Wish I had every concert stub of my whole life. I really wish I did. Now kids have it on their digital phone. Uh, always ask. Always ask for the ticket. You can get the ticket. Get the ticket and save it. Put it in an album. Put it in a drawer. You want to look back on that later in life. Two is on deck. Really fun show today. Thanks for Bobby for putting it together. Vinny Bonsignor, Bill Williamson, Jason Horowitz. And we're counting down to that USA soccer game on Saturday at 7 a.m. USC, Utah at Allegiant and the Raiders on Sunday. What a great time to live in Las Vegas. Thank you, everyone. Good to go? All right, thank you.